Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Yesterday, I was talking to you about praying in desperation. Today, I'd like to back up a little bit and just talk about prayer itself. I think I have an interesting way of talking about prayer today. At least it's something that's interesting to me. And uh, hopefully it'll help us to think a little bit more about what we're doing when we pray. Prayer is an unnatural exercise, if you think about it. We're talking to someone we can't see, and that person, God, does not speak back audibly to us. And yet throughout Scripture, we're told over and over to pray, and that the secret to growth and and experiencing great things as a Christ follower is through prayer. So what exactly is prayer? Well, I'm going to give away the punchline now and then tell you a little story from the Bible uh, that bears it out. But to me, prayer is taking your concern to a higher court. You know, almost every day we watch news stories or read news stories about uh, people who go into court and the court rules against them. And what do we hear at the end of the trial? Well, they're going to appeal. And that's the way our judicial system is set up. If a person loses you know, in, in, in federal court, and they can take it to circuit court and, you know, go through appeals courts and then ultimately take it to the Supreme Court. Have you ever thought about the fact that when someone goes to the Supreme Court, it means they've lost the case before? Because the court, if the court rules in their favor, is ruling against the lower court. So I want us to think about prayer as being taking our concern to the appeals court. There's a story that I'd love to just take time to unpack for you, but it would take a while. So in, in, in lieu of that, I would encourage you to just read 1 Samuel chapter 1 so that you can get the whole story. But we, we read about a woman named Hannah, and it's always difficult when someone wants to be able to conceive and they can't. But back in the Bible days, it was really difficult because when a woman could not conceive, there was a prejudice in that culture that said... Perhaps God was not liking that person or that person was not in favor with God. That wasn't true, but that was a cultural bias at the time. Well, Hannah was unable to conceive and she had another problem. It never was God's will for men to have more than one wife, but God evidently allowed it, I guess, because in those days we read that Hannah's husband had two wives, her and a woman named Penina. Now, Penina was able to have children and Hannah was not. Well, there was probably uh, a rivalry there anyway, but that just threw gasoline on fire because Penina would taunt Hannah. In fact, we read that very word in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6. Every year, the family would go to worship in Shiloh And when they would go to worship, the Bible says Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Now, listen to this. Year after year, year, it was the same. So it was supposed to have been a high celebration to go and worship the Lord. And yet every year, Hannah had to dread what should have been the highest moment of her year because she didn't have any children. And all the way there and all the way back, Penina would taunt her because she couldn't have children. And and listen to this. It said each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Well, we see her husband's response in verse eight. And and he he meant well, but how many times do men mean well and yet they say something that does more damage uh, than help? Uh, Elkanah, her husband would say, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? 
You have me, isn't that better than having 10 sons? That might have made sense to Elkanah, but it, I'm sure it didn't make any sense to Hannah. So you can just read this chapter. And I guess the point I want to make more than anything else is that all the courts of life, in other words, all the power sources in Hannah's life were ruling against her. I mean, I didn't mention this, but the cultural court ruled against her. We're in the book of 1 Samuel, but we're really in the time of the judges. And the judges, the time of the judges, those 400 years were the darkest time in Israel's history. The Bible says everybody did what they wanted to do. There was no king in Israel, and it was just a disaster. So it was a horrible time. Well, that's where Hannah was living. So the cultural court ruled against her. And then, you know, the family court, her, you know, her husband's other wife ruled against her. You know, the marriage court ruled against her because Alcana didn't get it. And I'm not going to take time to read this, but when Hannah goes to the tabernacle to pray, the priest Eli is there. And when Hannah's praying, she's not praying out loud. She's just moving her lips and, and pouring out her heart to God in the place where she worships. And when the priest sees her, he thinks she's drunk. Evidently, in those days, it was more common for people to be drunk at the tabernacle than praying. It was a really, really dark time. So even the religious court ruled against her. I mean, think about this, the cultural court, the family court, the marriage court, you know, the religious court. It was like every court was ruling against Hannah. But what did she do? She prayed and God answered her prayer. And of course, the son that she had is the one for whom this book and the next book in the Bible are named after Samuel, the great prophet of God. I want us to think about that today. We live in a world where the courts, the power centers of this world rule against us. But you don't have to accept that ruling. You can appeal that ruling. You can take it to God. And you, when you take there's something about winning in the Supreme Court. You know, when you win in the Supreme Court, all those other courts don't make any difference. It's the same thing with God. When God, when God's Supreme Court rules in your favor, every other court can rule against you, but you're in good shape. So think about that today when you pray. You may have had this life rule against you. You know, you may have been ruled against by the cultural court, the family court, the marriage court, the religious court. Every other court can rule against you. But if God rules in your favor, that's the ruling that's going to matter. That's what prayer is. Let's pray right now. Father God, I pray for those who have had rulings go against them. And I pray that they won't get so discouraged they'll give up and, and just accept defeat without bringing their petition to you, asking you to rule in their favor. And Lord, we need you to rule in our favor in so many things today. And yet we lift up our prayer to you, knowing that you have all power and no other court can stand against you when you rule in our favor. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. My prayer is that you'll have a wonderful weekend, and that part of that weekend will involve New Spring Church. We look forward to seeing you. We're continuing our series called My Secret Life, and the message I'm, actually, it's a two-week message. We're, we're just doing the first part this week, but the, the question that we're asking is, why do I feel like two different people sometimes? We're going to discover there's a reason for that. We'll see you soon.